the arms. Oh, is everyone ready? Is everyone like? Some legs. Some leg movement in there. Oh, everyone think of your favourite Maya's action. Hi folks and welcome to Wait for Cat Bus, a conversational podcast where four friends gather around the kitchen table to rank and review every single Studio Ghibli movie in chronological order. As always, I'm your host Ali and today I am joined by Eddie. Hi! Abby. Hi! And Mark. Good day. Can I just say, like, the fear in everyone's eyes, we don't know which order you're going to go oh, in. It really puts us on it. And it always do the same the order, same. but we're all afraid you might not. Yeah. And then we wouldn't be able to do the whole podcast. That's That's producing. Oh. That's good drama. That's good fear. Good audio drama. Keeps on our toes. Um, how's everyone? Good. Fine. Ready to podcast. Ready to podcast. Been um, better. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about um, what's this movie called? I can't even remember. Tales from Earthsea. Tales from Earthsea. Um, Tales from Earthsea came out like a tail, like a like a dog's tail. Yeah. No. Aww. Like a yarn. A tail <laughs> spinning a yarn. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so, uh, Tales from Earthsea came out in 2006. Uh, it's the first Ghibli movie um, directed by Goro Miyazaki, who is um, Hayao Miyazaki's son, um, which obviously is like interesting and a bit weird. Nepotism. Nepotism, exactly. And it's we'll finest. get into um, there's some like really juicy. There's like some proper juicy details around there, which we'll probably which come from up top. Um, well, let's get into the juice. But it's <laughs> worth obviously like this movie. Um, interesting, like I think throughout this podcast, I'll probably kind of compare and contrast maybe with House, which we obviously just watched last last time. And also there's a lot of comparisons there, especially given that this is also an adaptation, just like House was. Um, this is directed from Ursula Le Guin's um, RC Quartet, which is like a series of four fantasy novels oh, from like the late 80s, mid 80s, yeah. um, which are very good, I hear. I've never read them. They're my par- parents and family are like really into them. I see people that don't like fantasy, but I think because she was like a radical socialist, well, this um, fantasy series that people like there's a lot in her work that people really like what country is she uh, the book she's from? english she's english oh i'm f- getting confused with the house lady who was welsh yes diana Wynne jones mm. um so yeah i think maybe before we jump into the normal rig and roll of like going through the plot da, 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 um, shall we such a hardship i, I think the, in, the most interesting thing for me here is like if the house adaptation was a bit fraught because it was being pulled in lots of different directions this the story of this movie being adapted is like so kind of like weird and if you guys know know the dealio absolutely mess um yeah basically um ashley gwyn uh originally when Gib- like she did the approach to her she was very adamant that she didn't want anyone to um adapt her series especially not just like animated features because she'd only mm. seen like disney movies and she's like vehemently not into like big corporate disney um but after seeing Spirited Away, she became like completely enamoured with Miyazaki's work, went back and watched everything, like she completely fell for it, and then she became really keen and was like, agreed to kind of give them the rights to the adaptation on the condition that he was the person that made the movie. Um, at the time, he had just got cleared to do Howl's Moving Castle, so Miyazaki wasn't able to direct this movie. He went on to make Howl's, um, and they gave this adaptation to Goro, his son, do you think his he, first movie. Do you think he was like, we've both got the same last yeah. name, maybe she'll never <laughs> notice. <laughs> 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 yeah. Miyazaki. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, and at the time, I think it's now considered as a, as a kind of a rogue decision on the producer's side because like he was so inexperienced and um, Haya Miyazaki himself was like re- supposedly really unhappy with that decision. Like they didn't speak for the entire production of the movie because um, Miyazaki Senior was like, this is not how we should have done things. This is really bad. Blah, blah, blah. And then afterwards, actually again, Le Guin originally said, do what you want with the movie. And then m- more recently before she passed away, came out and said like, this isn't my book at all. I, I don't, I don't like the movie at all. Right. So, yeah. So to get this straight, Hayao Miyazaki was like, "Sorry, I'm busy. Let's give it to someone else." And <laughs> instantly was like, "This is you d- this is the wrong thing to do." No, I think it was uh, not, he was busy, so the producers. Yeah. Oh, so okay. he didn't make that decision. Yeah. Oh, okay. But producers. he owns it. Yeah, but I think mm. lots of people have okay. interest in that in that in the studio, right? I see, I see, I see. And so they they handed it off, and then Mr. I, Ghibli made the decision. Dave Ghibli. Dave Ghibli. I think S. Ghibli. Be like Dave uh, Short, <laughs> Stuart Ghibli, Stuart Dio Ghibli. <laughs> well, my my, uh, my studio. T- oh, yeah, I oh, I didn't get that. Oh, that's why you said Stuart. Oh my god. My um oh. my takeaway oh there is that he probably was okay with someone else adapting it. Probably like Takahata or someone. He didn't know they were going to give it to a his son, which is kind of weird, and be someone so junior who'd literally never made a movie before. Given that this is, so arguably like a re- could have been a really big adaptation. The school, like the books themselves, are really dense. Like there's a lot in here, and we'll like we'll see when we go through the movie. We'll think all the things that kind of didn't didn't work properly. That's an awkward conversation at the dinner table. Yeah. To be like, oh, what are you directing at the moment? Oh, I'm just doing a film for Studio Ghibli. <laughs> well done. How do you like me now? <laughs> isn't it? Well, isn't it weird that like. I think we all kind of think about like Hayao Miyazaki in a very like um, similar to the way that you think of like Miyamoto at Nintendo as this kind of like big creative figure who's like really like I don't know almost like not a real person and then to hear that like Mm. oh his son made this movie and they didn't speak like he was so upset with his son that they didn't speak for the entire production process because before this wasn't his son like um, a production designer for like the Ghibli Museum yeah, I, I thought you were going to be like, wasn't he like a builder? <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like he kind of was. Like a, he was designing the museum, like physical space. Yeah, he was, oh, like, okay. he was a very junior, like a really junior producer. It's interesting though because I think some of the bits that do work in this movie are the architecture and the, the, the kind of physical spaces. So maybe there's something there. It's one of the only things that work. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, I have a feeling this will come out in in discussion, but I don't think. Well, I I say up front that I had seen this movie before definitely remembered it a lot more fondly mm-hmm. than I think this time around but I didn't particularly enjoy it um I don't know if that's how people want to if they want to give their, their top line feelings before we jump in yeah I feel like if, I, if I'd seen this this would have made sense as the first film of this studio yeah like if I'd seen this when I was younger or like when I hadn't seen all the other studio Ghibli yeah. movies I'd have been like this film was fine but yeah. now I'm like yeah this film is bad. Yeah. yeah. It feels like a return to that kind of like Lapita. Lapita. Yeah. Um, kind of everything that's going on. Yeah. You're like immersed in, well, no, you're thrown into this world of, there's lots of lore, but you're not like. Half explained. You're not, yeah, yeah, you're not and indoctrinated. In, yeah, and in a way that doesn't immerse you in the way that House does, right? House mm. does this so well. It's interesting that it came out back to back and they're both adaptations and they're both high fantasy wizard worlds. And they're both made by the same family. Like it's, it's weird. Like, yeah. it's, it's, I hadn't thought about it until we were watching. I was like, that's pretty weird that they came out at the same time. But House does a really good job of giving you breadcrumbs and letting you piece things together over time about this world. Whereas this movie is like 
move so quickly and randomly through scenes that you don't ever feel like you have a good understanding of what's going on. Yeah. Or care yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, how's the elements of it where it was like, oh, I'm not quite sure, but they kind of brush it away, but I actually really care about the characters and I love yeah. it and I can yeah. just, like, turn a blind eye. Yeah. I think, like, it's always such a pitfall. Mark and I were talking about this off mic about a different, uh, <laughs> different book adaptation. Um, but, like, trying to fit a large amount of content into a film adaptation is always hard when you're yeah. drawing from a book. This is drawing from multiple books yeah. and you really feel it. Yeah, like completely. it could have been like a very, very small, small like even smaller like storyline. It could have done that really well. Yeah. Like just drawn on uh, one like small detail, but instead it feels like it's trying to do too much yeah. and it just isn't pulling it off at all anything, yeah. Yeah, um, Abby I love the way you were like we were talking about another series of books as if we weren't talking about Harry Potter like the biggest <laughs> children's right, get back in your right. niche corner <laughs> <laughs> off I go um, yeah and I think it, it's at least with Harry Potter there's like for all the issues you might have with like the lore dumps that those stories can be sometimes in some ways like this this movie like suffers from just like a lack of any context for me anyway that I just really struggle to yeah. grip hold of it. Yeah. Um, on that note, shall we jump in and we can like cover these things again as we as we go? Yep. Well, the movie opens with um, them kind of like this is the one that exposition we get really is like we open on like a pirate ship, we see dragons fighting in the sky, um, introduced to this like weird world. Um, we go from a kind of bit of scene setting there with like two dragons and you find the baby a bit like oh wow dragons in this movie but there aren't dragons in this movie at all don't, such don't like, get into it such an error like those um, dragons are really cool as well. yeah mm. I, when we watched the first 11 minutes and then stopped and then started again later and I was like why is this film like not very well received there's dragons and they look cool yeah. it, what could you do wrong with dragons not have them in the movie yeah exactly um, yeah and we kind of like get introduced to some different kind of players in, in, in the movie's plot, right? So we go from a bit of exposition about dragons or some scene setting or stuff to a, a king's, the King's Castle in a city that looks very similar to Kingsbury, whatever the, the, the town is called in Hasleyman mm. Castle. No has, no. has a similar um, vibe of like greens and pinks and like an interesting palette. Mm. Reminded me a bit of, those kind of scenes just remind me of like Edinburgh when they yeah. like, were there yeah, and totally. like the castle. Mm. Yeah, on a hill. It's a castle on a hill. Yeah. It was pretty. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. And it and it is like this really nice, very like Western European high fantasy setting, which makes sense given it's an adaptation of, of a story set in that kind of world. You did um, kind of immediately notice like a drop in the animation style. Yeah. Like, especially sure. coming off the back of Hells. Yeah. You could the tell. Just... You, I think you probably could have dated this, and it would have been a bit like, mm. oh, maybe this was made in the mid nineties. Yeah. You wouldn't think this was a two thousand. Yeah. It feels a bit budget. It like, wasn't. I think, I, think the, I think the dub as well is like really badly done. A lot of the dub feels to me very like first pass, but first like yeah. Game. Have they had one run it and at least stuck with it? Because like, the opening. Because I because we listened to the English dub, didn't we? So I, I read that the um, Japanese dub is actually like really intense and involved and like really, really like sucks you in. So maybe we like um, suffered from yeah. not watching. I mean, I, I, know we, I know we made the decision to watch all of them in English dub, um, but maybe it would have been yeah. Check in for season two, guys. We're gonna do it all again. Yeah. <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> Um, so yeah, th- not so to avoid getting too dead on the weeds. Like the important things that happen at the beginning of the movie are we get introduced to um, the king of this kind of like country that we're that we're in. Um, we get a weird bit of exposition around what the dragons are. So we learn kind of very briefly through like one mini flashback um, like thing that 
dragons and people used to be like one species and then dragons wanted one thing and humans wanted another thing we split into two different wasn't it like power groups. and peace or yeah, something yeah power and peace very like very on the nose very weird um, it was so high concept. It was like yeah. It was so it was so vague. So, so quite literally high concept because they were looking at a big mosaic. <laughs> oh yeah, they were. It's, what, it's, what's weird as well is that like this. And I know we're getting like this is like the first scene maybe, but it, it's weird that this and the and the pirate ship scene set up two really really big bits of law that if you're not paying close attention, you miss completely. Yeah. One of which is that humans and drag, like dragons can be people basically. Which yep. we see come like obviously at the end, and then also I remember like kind of forgotten. I remember halfway through the movie that on the pirate ship there is the guy that's like, oh, I've forgotten yeah. names of the winds, and so he can't control the winds because like knowing something's true name oh, as well yeah. gives you power over it. Yeah. But like you get it in like a line, yeah. and then much later on someone explains it to us again. Yeah, that's but it's, so it's true. really weird that it's like dropped in, but with no, yeah, yeah. nothing. I feel like though we've um, dragged some of these films from being like too like explicit with yeah. their exposition yeah. and now when we've got something different and we've been like I hate this as well yeah, yeah but there's but, a line to follow there's, there's yeah. just throwing yeah like, like Houses is vague and we liked it yeah. this was vague and it just didn't hit yeah I think the, thing, the issues I had with Howls were more to do with like it's pacing and it's some of its stuff rather than the exhibition but I, I definitely take, take your point there are definitely bits in Laputa and Mononoke as well does this like a yeah, few of them do true. where it's like here's the situation like someone gives a little mini speech on what's going on Spirited, even Spirited Away does it where it's like mm. someone stands in the middle of the room and tells you what's happening I think you can Killing like the environment yeah <laughs> you can like pepper in law if it's not going to be like a really important plot point if yeah. you're really gonna, if you're in a drop-in law that's actually going to be quite an important thing later on, you kind of need to, mm-hmm. I don't know, look at the camera and be like, I've forgotten the name of yeah. the wind, yeah. so mm-hmm. I can't control it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then wink like six or seven times. <laughs> but, but alternating yeah. eyes. Yeah, alternating eyes. And then you and see then it from the same shot, like different angles. Yeah. And they like flash back to it five hundred times. Yeah, like, like later on. Yeah. So it'll be like, and then it'll be like, audience, do you remember this? <laughs> yeah. well, that's it's what like I mean. Door of the Explorer. Yeah. It turns into it. And do you remember what the wind is called? <laughs> and that weird monkey is like saying so horrible to you. <laughs> I felt like the monkey was mean in Dora the Explorer. Wasn't I it? never watched it. Um, you never Sniper. watched it. That's why you always that. move stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, so just to like keep us going. Um, what Please. The, so the, the, the important plot bit that happens is basically we see this like the king is king is going to his chambers and then suddenly he hears a noise behind him and this young guy like comes up and stabs him like out of nowhere suddenly the prince stabs yeah we kind of assume it's, it's the prince yeah who's called like, prince aaron stabs his dad the king because the, those maids were like i'm worried about the prince so i'm missing yeah yeah usual thing is he's gonna stab his king <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i'm sorry this is just like such a throwaway line but the king says I must tend to my correspondence. Um, I had that written down too. It's <laughs> such a basic line. Yeah, it is. And there's like that lady who's like, don't worry about Prince. He's like, is that the king's wife? We never yeah. see her again in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. But then there were, yeah, very few women in this film. There were just the two. Um, so we then, basically, Prince Aaron flees the castle after killing his dad. We get some shots of him like running through the desert where he meets the other kind of like main character of this movie, Sparrow, Sparrowhawk. Um, Obi Wan, yeah, basically. <laughs> which I really, I like. No, Qui Gon. Yeah, I like this. I like the bit in the desert here with like the giant pirate ships. I mean, no. that, that was a really cool visual. James Bond. Oh. Uh, Timothy Dalton. It is, it is Timothy Dalton. Dalton. It does, he, but when we were speaking about this the other night, it does sound like Liam Neeson. Yeah. 
Oh, it does remind me of Mrs. Yeah. Um, no, it just meant the character reminded me a lot yeah. of like a. Oh, apologies. Yeah. I was like, actually, <laughs> it's James Bond. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, we get we get introduced to the Sparrowhawk. He finds the prince who's like riding this cool llama horse through the desert. Oh, oh my god! Oh, That's he gets saved by, from those wolves. Oh, from the wolves. Shorts. And we see the Sparrowhawk like cast a spell that kind of like scares off the wolves that were yeah. running mm. And you see the big cool shipwrecks. Yeah, in the desert. Um, like, really, like, cool imagery. Yeah, I like that bit a lot. And I like, um, there's a bit where, like, the music in this movie is very different to a lot of other Ghibli um, movies. It has this sort of really, like, Irish, Gaelic-y, like, folk tone to it. So, like, when we're introduced to Sparrow Hawk, like, sailing across the ocean on the boat, the, like, the, the music in this is not like anything else in these other movies. Like, it really has, like, a like, Irish folk sound to it, which is quite cool and quite different. It's proper Lord of the Rings, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, it's also worth noting here that so Sparrowhawk is like the main character from the Earthsea Quartet, Ged. Like, and the Earthsea Quartet is about him mm. oh, okay. and like his journey. Is this story all like based on all of them and like take parts yeah. from them? Yeah. I'm thinking of like an example. And you can tell, can't you? Yeah. Mm. Um, I feel like we've just uh, brushed straight over the best character in this whole film. The llama horse? The heroin dealer. No, that's later on. Oh. <laughs> the llama horse. The llama horse. <laughs> I do. I like have a strong note about how good the llama horse looks because it. You have a strong note. That's a really strong note. It's, it's bold. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool so llama horse. So cute and just very interesting looking. Yeah, all of the the like weird bull horses as well are really cool oh, in the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, interesting. Mm. Bit I, was, I, was, I was here for that element yeah. of like high fantasy. Yeah. Same but different. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, so yeah, and then so Sparrowhawk basically like saves. Saves Aaron, takes him. Basically, he's like, uh, I can. I don't know why he goes with him. I can help you, like, join me. Basically, you're fleeing something. Obviously, I want you to come with me. That you've got this magic sword that you can't use. I'm a wizard. Come hang out with me. We'll go to these towns. Yada yada yada. So they have like a, a nice little journey together. We we see some other interesting like locations, right? We have like that town, which is all like red brick, which um, horse town. Is that what it's called? It's called Horse Town. Oh, yeah. God. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, f- I, f- I heard Port Town, which isn't even oh. much better, to be honest. I like Horse Town. I wish it was a town of horses. I didn't see any horses, mm. though. Mm. That would have been nice. Or llamas. No. <gasps> or we saw horse llamas. That's why there's no horses or llamas, because yeah. they've been melded together by some weird magic. Oh, now, if you told me that that was a plot point <laughs> in this film, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, but I think even this, this conversation we're having now is like, Better, better than the film. <laughs> 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 Symptomatic the way this movie doesn't really like. It, it, like at this point, you're like 15, 20 minutes in, and I'm always like, I don't care about the characters at yeah. all. Like, you, I'm, we should be a tenth of the way through the movie, a fifth way through the movie. Like, I'm already not invested at all. So, well, you've like, ju- well, just seen him kill a king, yeah. and there's no explanation for why he's, he's, done that. he's done that. Yeah, and you just really, you don't see him as a hero. And I'm like, yeah. is this the main character? And then yeah. if general Sparrowhawk is supposed to be the main character I just didn't yeah. get that clarification um, so we get a few indifferent scenes in the city basically it revolves around um, there are like slave traders in the city um, uh, Sparrowhawk and Aaron go like to, to do two different things um, and at Prince Aaron um, stumbles across these slave traders trying to grab this, this girl um, and Aaron gets into like a weird trance where he's like oh, I don't care about life life is meaningless to me and then like attacks the slave traders, the girl yeah. freaks out because obviously this boy's just been like, I don't care about life. It's a very weird moment. And then essentially an hour later, Aaron gets kidnapped again. A- Aaron gets kidnapped by those very same slave traders, right? Yeah. yeah, they're like, oh, we'll show you, you've showed us up, so we're gonna come grab you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he drops his sword. He uh, yeah, into the water. Have we seen the 
the the um the people addicted to the yeah, yeah. so around yeah. this time we get the we get the weird heroin analog i don't it serves no purpose and it's really it like never comes super up again. preachy a weird really weird moment so th- what they're trying to do is be like there's a difference between there's there's like people that are in a bad place and people that are really rich and i wonder whether they're in the Books. There's probably a lot There's more, of that. more of this, and that it has some like there's some meaning behind it. Yeah, and like yeah, socialism isn't just being like drug addicts. Look yeah. at that. That's a sign mm. of bad life. Yeah, like yeah. So I'm sure there's pieces we're missing. But that, but at this point, like, why even include like the fan service? Like, how many people who grew up reading the Earth sequel set in the '80s are watching this movie? Like, why even add that bit? Of, that if that's what that is. If that is like a wink and a nod mm. to those fans, like it just seems so. Disparate. It sounds a bit like what they did with the Dark Tower film, yeah. Where oh. they tried to like mesh, yeah. I think that's a really good example. All or like four or five of the books into yeah. one, and it just didn't work. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So sl- again, the slavery thing here, I think, is a bit weird. We don't really get enough of a delve into what's happening with this for it to be like it's such a big thing to we have like slave traders and slavery as a prominent theme in your movie that the fans not really like do anything with. I think is interesting to say the least. <laughs> um. Uh, but basically, what happens is Sparrowhawk rescues Prince Aaron from the slave traders and with that girl as well. And they go and stay with um, Sparrowhawk's like friend, who is is a witch. Used to be, used to be a witch. Friend. Wink. Friend with a wink. Who used to be a witch. Friend. Who is a witch that he rescued from some tombs a long time ago. Which again feels like a nod to something that we don't know what it yeah, is. Honestly, could have done without this whole yeah. character. Mm. That all yeah scene like yeah a whole third of the film yeah because yeah, yeah. um one of the books is called the tombs of At- atuan ah. which is tainar's backstory and is uh, tainar tainar is the woman yeah, is yeah. the woman yeah. The witch, yeah um yeah that's one of the books which they've then popped into this and, and we would literally a line of like oh get saved from those tombs that yeah. one time it's just very yeah yeah and turning like this like it sounds like if they've got, a whole she's book got about a backstory yeah. she's a witch probably kind of badass yeah. that like turns us into just this domesticated yeah. farmhand yeah, 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 yeah. completely um, yeah they go and stand on the, on the farm um, oh and this is when we find out maybe that there are less wizards now like the yeah. magic magic is fading yeah. because at the beginning it's like the balance is balance is off it's, is very, off. it's a very Lord of the Rings I think I not very Lord of the Rings very Star Wars and I wonder whether well. I would love to know when as I think I bogged it by saying the 80s I wonder when uh, sequel tech came out versus Star Wars because I think I remember reading something that like there's a lot in I think Ursula Gwynn's books are super influential and mm. lots of people took bits they liked from yeah from those but stories. then again that that concept is like super yeah, generic yeah, yeah. for isn't sure it? for sure um, but we do get yeah we get a nod and a wink at the idea that there are no basically no wizards left and that Ged is on a journey to find out why that, 60s that's, and 70s there you go oh wow makes sense um, he's on a journey to find out why and that's kind of why he's travelling across the land um, I've written a note I think it's around this point uh, Sparrowhawk spouts a lot of shit yeah yeah, yeah. although uh, my note here is that this is the point that maybe me and Mark are like he's kind of hot oh yeah he takes off that cloak yeah. and mm, oh my good. god he's Ali was like where does he get the hair gel in this yeah. kingdom <laughs> to like hair. have a little quiff and he yeah. looks really hot yeah, maybe the hottest um, Ghibli character oh, something about bang. Mary oh, oh no that's so about Sparrowhawk <laughs> Um, also 90s and one in 2001 so oh back really to that, back to that <laughs> so that's yeah. crazy that is such a long gap between books there was like three between 68 and 72 and then one in 90 and then one in 2001 wow that's a long spread that is a really long spread, spread. 
uh, editing note, just cut that little bit and we'll have us go like... And then Abby can start talking about cum again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I... So a bunch of things happen here again on the... We get like a bunch of scenes of them on the farm. I think the important ones are that the slave... The slave trader return... Slave traders return to kidnap Tanar and the girl um, who, who... which is the witch that our main character and Prince Aaron are staying with. Um, that happens because one night Sparrowhawk like flies to this castle, and we find out that there's this the guy who's like the the slaver is works for like this guy who lives in a big Dra- Dracula castle. He's got a really big pointy um, head. He is called Cobb. Cobb. And this will be getting introduced to him and get some sense of what his motivation for because he's like the big bad of this movie basically. Cool design. For us, as English people knowing Cobb is like a, a slang term for a piece of bread. Really oh. not menacing name. Oh, or oh, like salad. Oh. Mm. I was thinking of a Cobb salad. I, I, what's a Cobb salad? I don't know. I've written a note saying, yeah. what is a Cobb salad? <laughs> I know that it is a thing. It's a bread salad. No. Oh my God. Corn bread salad. salad. Sounds, no. I mean, that's a sandwich, isn't it? But that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, I, the note here I have, which I, I, might, I don't think it's worth like jumping into too much, but. Crouton. Uh, I, uh, I read Cobb as like queer coded. Um, oh, really? I think he's like super feminine, has long hair, wears a mm, dress, yeah. and like, and has a very like, he's a creepy queer man vibe to him, which I didn't dig. Like, yeah. he has like makeup on. It's there. There is a, I can't think of the trope, but there's a, there is a trope in Japanese animation and entertainment. Yeah, that the West, and he's a little bit like creepy and has a vibe to him which I don't love. But I also put, but maybe he's sexy. Like creepy va- vampire dragon yeah. man. No, but like he's not. No. Se- he's not sexy. He's not sexy because he's got that tall head. Yeah, he's got such a big pointy head. <laughs> um, but yeah, he has like this big. Ri- we learn basically that he's kind of like rivals with Sparrowhawk. Um, he wants his slaver to go and kidnap Sparrowhawk and the witch that Sparrowhawk's looking after. And there's a lot here that again is like su- feels like subtext that we don't really know why that he wants any of this at or this point. Care. Yeah. Uh, it's just a theme throughout the yeah. film, isn't it? Like, yeah. why is it happening? Why do we care? Yeah, I mean, I think what. It, it's very different as well. Like again, it's it's really interesting that this is back to back with Howls because they are so in like mm. in concept they're actually really, really similar. Mm. I think like the worlds that they're set in are like high fantasy. There are lots of wizards, wizards roaming around. There are adaptations. There's this like Western European style fantasy to them. Um, but yeah, like we said, where Howls works, this doesn't draw you into yeah. his world. Mm. And it's not it's not even like like with Howls because of like the the what like the the what the wastes and stuff and we see so much of the world like because of the teleportation in in the castle you get a sense of a world so much more clearer than mm. here it's like it's just this city there was a desert at the beginning and this is farm like yeah. those are the three locations that this movie takes place in I, f- I feel like you don't get to hear any of the like the, the outer world in this film like mm. you apart from seeing the heroin addicted yeah. yeah. And those two gossipy women yep. near the farm. Uh, yeah. Like you don't get like that I'm gonna say it, slice of life <laughs> from <laughs> anyone else that kind of does all that world building for you. Like that um scene in Howes when they go out, um, Sophie and the boy, Markle. Yeah. Um, and go and do the grocery shopping, you get like a complete like view of what the Yeah. Um, of what that town is like and the hustle and the bustle. I feel like because there, there isn't really that hustle and bustle apart from in that's in the town. I feel like it's just a bit devoid of yeah. life almost. Yeah, and like the protagonist as well, like in houses, she's like she's like got her normal life and 
like is sort of confronted by magic and all this whereas the protagonist in this like stabs the king in yeah, the first the scene, scene yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not like introduce a, this is the normal world yeah. is your crazy yeah. fantasy life. and also like we're now you know let's say we're an hour into this movie we still don't know why Aaron did that we haven't been given nothing about this no. character at yeah. all. I was worried it was just because I wasn't really concentrating. Yeah, I, I don't think you find out. Well, I didn't even realize you don't, you I, don't even find out the end of the movie really. Like I didn't even realize he was supposed to be the prince. I didn't realize he was the prince they were talking about. I think it's the doppelganger thing, which is actually one of the focuses of the other books they have, oh, really? which is a Wizard of Earthsea. So the doppelganger, su- the, the doppelganger subplot is actually the Sparrowhawk in the uh, books really? but they've shifted it over yeah. and I think that's it just doesn't kind of work why. at all in this movie so uh, well, let's, let's go to that like then the doppelganger someone killed the king who looks like well, you no, know, it's in like the, the duality, like so he's got like uh, a, a shadowy self yeah. 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 Really cool. it's a really weird um, kind of movie this movie made so, so yeah, like, so back on the farm so we have, like, the big piece here is that we get introduced to Cobb slavers are coming to get um, Tanara and Taru, Ged and Sparrowhawk and Aaron are like working on the farm together. I do have a note here, which is like, is Sparrowhawk like the only daddy in the Ghibli movies? Yes, he is. No. Mm. Uh, Totoro it, daddy. Oh, oh. no. But there was that from Totoro. Oh. No, that's not and Totoro. <laughs> <laughs> had a daddy, that big guy who mm. protected the, mm-hmm. the girl. The robot. Oh, uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> not the robot. He so did. It did. But daddy. also, yeah, daddy robot. Mm-hmm. Um, can, I just uh, can I just say one thing about the farm scene? Yeah. His blisters, way too realistic. Oh, that's oh, weird. That was horrible. Really gross. The rest of it, like complete animation, but that one actually looked like a photo. Someone's real blisters. Yeah. It's like in SpongeBob, you know, when sometimes <laughs> they have like real life yeah. footage. Oh, Wasn't a fan of that. There's um, <laughs> and this is the bit where like um, we get so much. So like the thing that I have as well, which is that, like I don't. Which is one of what you say, Mark. Like, I don't care, and I actually at this point actively dislike both Aaron and Terry, the girl. Oh my like, god, oh, she's so annoying. They're really like angsty. I'm not interested in them. She says that she, I, she's got a line of just like, I don't respect anyone who doesn't care about life. Yeah, which just, like makes suck. a bit more sense later on, but doesn't. Yeah, it's they stupid. Suck. It's so stupid. You know, it's stupid because I wrote it down, and I only write down the food. <laughs> 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 um, there's, yeah, there's just like a bunch like there's the stuff where the, those two women like tell the slavers where Tara and Tamar live which is a bit weird there's a bit where um, Aaron has like a dream that he gets like drowned in black goop by Sparrow oh, yes, weird stupid dream yeah there's just like a lot that I'm like I just don't know this it's this it feels like the first half an hour or 45 minutes is slow and the last hour and a bit is like here's just a thousand things happening yeah. see, not, we don't get to sit with any of the scenes for long enough to be engaged, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, I think for me, the things, the moments in Ghibli that I love and remember are the kind of like slow, quiet scenes. We thought about it when we did Totoro. There's like a what, there's like a term that that Maraki used, which he wanted to conjure with that movie in particular, which is this idea of like stillness and like yeah. the power of not having action in a film can be really like engrossing so you're watching a painting right? yeah and this movie gives you none of that this movie gives you no does ne- it never is interested in lingering it no never downtime. wants it so never wants trying to fit four books into one yeah film. and it really suffers for it um we get so there's loads of stuff happening on the farm sparrowhawk goes to another city to buy to try and buy back the sword that aaron lost at the beginning of the movie he just the, we get a weird moment where you get like the one cool bit of magic in the film yeah where he turns around and it's like 
because the slave was trying to find him and he's got like this old man face and he turns back and he's him again like, I was like oh that's cool where is this in any of the rest of the movie like yeah. give me magic that's interesting not just black goop I do like the black goop though. <laughs> <laughs> when um, it's around right about this time where Cobb is like you first see him kind of the big bat yeah thing. and then I'm like kind of like Venom a little bit isn't it yeah oh, it was giving me a lot of Howl's vibes, yeah. big, big yeah. bird oh, and yeah. big blob. Yeah, thing. I got that. Yeah, there's oh, yeah. loads of black goop in these movies. Yeah, yeah. Mononoke, no face as well. Yeah. Just throw it away. Yeah, kind of goopy. goopy. It's a goopy time. Yeah, it's <laughs> a goopy time. It's a goopy you goop. Um, Studio goopy. That's gonna that's gonna go on your go. tombstone. It's a goopy time. It's a goopy no, time. It was a goopy time. It was a goopy time. time. <laughs> it was the goopy times. It was the goopiest time. This is all staying in. Um, so yeah, Cobb, we see Cobb turn into a big goopy bat. Um, see goop again. Aaron, Aaron runs away from the farm, and we see him interact with the doppelganger version of himself. And nearly drowns, which is really weird. In a dream again. No, this is it's no, real the, life. This no, is he, a dream. He keeps seeing the doppelganger, but I think he drowns in a dream. He dr- no, he drowns in real life, and then the doppelganger helps him up because the doppelganger is real and physical. Oh. Um. So it's like a whole bunch of weird <laughs> stuff, basically. Cobb sends um, the, the slavers another one more time to grab Taru and Tamara. No, Tamara. <laughs> Tamara Drew. Tamara. No, Tamara. Taru. Yeah. Taina's the old woman. Yeah. She's not old. Taru. Yeah. Taru. So like, and then we kind of the movie starts to wrap up to its final bit, which is basically Cobb kidnaps Aaron. Oh, yeah. This bit's um, quite good. Quite cool, yeah. He Basically, Aaron goes to like stay with, live with Cobb, and Cobb's like, I can help help you live forever, basically. Right? Cause he says it, and then just immediately like sort of hypnotises him, yeah. or like puts him under a spell. So what was the point in convincing yeah. him of anything? Yeah. Mm. It did give me a lot of hook vibes, though. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, you said, oh, yeah. man kidnaps a boy of someone who has a feud with, yeah. convinces him that this is the right way. Yeah. Oh, now I feel like we should do a podcast on Robin Williams films. Yeah. Um, or just Hook. Yeah. Every, every week. Every week. Yeah. Oh, I like that other one. Um, there's a bit here where Cobb says like, Cobb convinces Aaron by saying that Sparrowhawk is trying to find the secret to eternal life, which is oh, yeah. sneaky because obviously mm. that's what Cobb is doing. He's a tricker. That's like we just found that out. We found out the villain's intentions like yeah. for half an hour yeah. before the film ends. It's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's super weird. Um, yeah, before we just knew he was a villain and was out to get Sparrowhawk. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. No, he does bad This is stuff. it. There's no, it's the most nothing, basic right. good versus evil yeah. storyline. Which is, which is so weird because I do get the sense that like this, you know, 50, this saga that ran, Ashley Green saga that ran for 40 years is clearly like a really deep law filled text. Mm. So for them to be like, to turn it into this super black and white Such story, especially off the back of House and... Mm. Especially the last like four films, yeah. which are which which revel in the idea that there is no, there is, there is no black and white. Like they yeah. revel in the greyness yeah. and the kind of relativism of it all. Whereas this is like so happy to have a black goop monster who wants to live forever, be the bad guy. But it could have so easily done greyness. Yeah. Like Sparrowhawk is so open to being like, you're a wizard with loads of power. Who are you? Yeah. Like yeah. all that stuff. Like, yeah. But even if the movie wanted to do like, oh, there is good, there is evil, and there's not really much. Of, I suppose like it, the in between is. Aaron really isn't it yeah. but then yeah. even if a movie did want to do that like there's movies that we've seen like I'm trying to think of the Lion King but he did think he killed his dad so maybe that's not a good example but there's movies that we've seen that have like, done it well and, and it, it's yeah. good it's just oh, yeah, yeah, it's t- 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 bad t- 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 
Um, so then we get this. There's basically now Sparrowhawk comes back to the farm to find that Cobb has kidnapped Tamar, left Tari there, and Aaron is gone. And so Sparrowhawk goes to get goes goes to rescue him. Rescue him, right? Yeah. To rescue yeah. I feel like there's just like thousands of things yeah. going on. And Taro, Everyone's and gone somewhere. Taro also leaves because then we get the quite cool bit where she's. I mean, I've got Taro hangs out with Aaron's shadow self because oh. Taro goes to the castle to find them and then she's like, Aaron's there, but then it's not Aaron. It's this weird doppelganger boy. Yeah. Mm. They're like he's outside and he's like, you've got to go in and save me yeah. or something like that. And he, she, she's like, but you're here. And yeah. He's like, no, that's not me. She's as confused as we are. Yeah. Literally. She's us. Yeah, um, it's all. It's just I, my note is like it is very confusing. We get like a cool bit where Tari like sneaks around the castle, some like stealthy stuff to try and find um, Tamar and Aaron. But it's just Tainar. not Tamar. 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 You're Tamar. as you're as bad as me. Oh, right. um, but <laughs> no. all, um, yeah. definitely not as bad as me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, she. So Tari finds Aaron in the castle, right? She convinces him that like life is good and worth living. I think that's how <laughs> this bit resolves. We get a cool bit where Sparrowhawk like barges in, fights Cobb a little bit, and Cobb's like bounce feels all goopy and we, he's bouncing mm, around the courtyard. Ter- um, Aaron fought, and then Aaron fights Sparrowhawk. Oh, yeah. That this all happens before Terry sneaks in. Yeah. Oh, okay. But we've missed a bit where like um, the the lore about the n- knowing names because oh, that's yeah. how um, I was Cobb. about to call him Goop. Um, that's <laughs> how that's how Cobb like bewitches, bewitches him. He's like, yeah. I know your true name. It's like Lebanon. Yeah, it's Lebanon. Yeah. So yeah, Cobb um, like bewitches Aaron by like learning his true name, and yeah, again, I think it's again it's testament to like how hard this movie was to follow in some ways. That like recounting it is making me even even more confused. Yeah. But basically, Sparrowhawk arrives at the castle first, fights Aaron, who's bewitched by Cobb gets captured, is put with his wife or woman, which they call her a lot. They call her Sparrowhawk's woman, which is weird. No. They put her they put them both in like the jail and then Terror arrives and stealths around the castle, finds Aaron, convinces him that life is worth living and that like there's goodness in the world. And like at this point I was like, okay, I kind of like you, you're interesting. Um there's a point I didn't mention earlier on, which is like there's a bit where she talks about um how her parents burnt her face. Do you remember that? Oh my god! You no, know, she's got the big, she's got the scar on her face. Completely zoned out. There's a bit bit. when she, it, it's a really like the reason I remember it because I was like, this is a weird thing for you to use and then not do anything with. Yeah. So like, here's abuse and then not to use that to any end. I mean, that's the story of this whole film. Yeah. Like, here's yeah. slavery, here's drug abuse, yeah. here's domestic and, and, violence. And to not want to, like, basically, her parents abandoned her on the side of the road and burnt her face. Maybe they're dragons, in which case it makes a bit oh. more sense. But it, again, it's it's all. Oh, it would make a lot of sense. She is a dragon. Yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler. Oh, spoiler. Spoiler. The girl that we've been talking about the entire movie is the is a dragon. Oh my god! A, a film bookended by dragons <laughs> um, and have no dragons in yeah. between. But we're, so we're not there yet. So Outrageous. we get this this these scenes. I thought can be quite cool. Basically, co- this is like the big confrontation of the movie. Yeah, it's like quite cool if they'd earned this yeah. confrontation in any way. Instead, you're just sort of like, oh, okay. Well, naturally, there's a fight. Yeah. yeah. To finish off the story. Yeah. yeah. Um, we get the really once once like Terry kind of like um, removes the spell on Aaron. We get like the one 
like semi like iconic shot of this movie which is them hugging in a field and the camera pans and there's a dragon above mm. which is like the dvd cover art and it's like if you see a poster of this movie it's that it's, it's oh, either okay. that or the shot at the end of um him talking to the dragon um and then that's this is kind of the, the combination like you said they haven't earned it but they go basically to the roof to stop cob because cob wants to absorb magic and basically stop death which again i don't think really feel like we don't understand that up until like the this this like last fifth of the movie mm. that Cobb is like oh yeah the reason I I'm doing all of this is because I need your power you're the prince and there's some prophecy about you I guess that means that uh, you we can like find a way to prize open the door between life and death and, and you live in that space or, or stop those things happening which obviously Sparrowhawk doesn't want because if you if you stop death for one person you're stopping death for everybody which is again quite interesting quite cool like yeah that makes sense like if we can't have Cobb wants to live forever, but the cost of that is meaning that everyone lives forever, which is not good. Um, which is interesting, but we get no discussion about or no like mm-hmm. engaging with that idea. Um, and so yeah, they, so Aaron, Terry, and Sparrowhawk go and fight Cobb on the roof. Is that right? There's definitely a fight on the roof. There's a fight yeah. on the roof. I mean, the roof bit is uh, is kind of there's like bits cool. where where Cobb jumps off a thing. He's like got Terry. So he needs her and he jumps off a thing. Did it give anyone else like Prince of Persia vibes? The, the whole thing, the whole film. Um, this there's a bit here when um Aaron is running upstairs. Yeah, that, yeah. Vibe, that gave me Prince of Persia vibes. Um, but this is the big fight scene that this movie leads to. Again, I feel like you all give me blank stares because I can't remember what happens in this this bit of the movie. And this is like supposed to be the big. Yeah, the only things peak. I've got written down here are some quotes, and I'll read them. Um, on your feet, chicken hawk. Oh. As an insult Zinger. Yeah. Um, and then also darkness cannot live without the light which is super original thing, yeah. Yeah. and um, then I've got sword handle looks like boobs oh yeah I remember you saying that at the time well there's a bit when um, sword handle looks like boobs yeah. is that a that quote that? from it? no <laughs> imagine <laughs> oh, oh. Spe- we know that's not a quote from it speak of there like. <laughs> look at that sword handle looks like a pair of knockers oh, speaking knockers. of the sword um, there's, there's a bit where I'm not cutting any of this um, where Aaron, like, we kind of get like Aaron's redemption moment, right? Where he like is able to draw the sword that he's not been able to draw the whole movie, which is his dad's sword from the beginning of the film, which he steals, right? He stabs his dad, steals the king's sword. We still, five minutes before the end of the movie, have no idea what that was about. Steals the king's sword, but he can't use it because he's not strong enough. And at this moment, when he kind of like has something to believe in again, like when Terry is explaining to him that life is worth living, he's able to draw the sword and he chops off Cobb's arm. In like the one moment of violence in this movie, which oh, that is, is cool. Annoying. It is cool. You see his arm fly up. It's very weird. Um, but then his arm gets all goopy, and he's got a goopy arm. Does that give anyone else sword in the stone vibe? Just, Just a bit. Really? Really? Which bit? Really? Which bit? Just the whole the sword. Oh. The drawing. Oh, the, the sword. sword. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Sorry. joking. I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> I'm struggling to like maintain what's happening in this film <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, they have a fight on top of the castle. Cobb gets all like weird and tall, yeah. like gaunt, oh. and his eyes go black. Yeah. I mean, that is cool. It's a cool moment, and the bit where the roof starts to cave in, and it's like it, it, it's all happening. But like you said, mm-hmm. it's not earned. Like there's no. We've seen Cobb for like five minutes of screen time yeah. before this, so no yeah. idea what his motivation so now, is. Yeah, no sense of like what the point of him him is. Yeah. Um, but unsurprisingly, they, they managed to defeat Cobb. I guess is the point I'm <laughs> getting to. I don't remember how or why. Like. Aaron is 
defeats him. No, he doesn't. It doesn't. She defeat him. She kill. He kills her. He kills her. Uh, and he, he breaks her neck. Yeah, he oh, breaks her yeah, neck. Yeah. And then yeah. he's like, ow. Oh, oh, yeah, he and then he goes, oh no, she's dead. This <laughs> 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 is probably my favourite film, that whole film. <laughs> oh dear. Um, like, oh shit, he killed her. And then she just gets wrapped up and she's like, yeah. I'm the dragon. <laughs> I'm also the dragon, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then she flies around, kills him as a dragon. Maybe. My, no- my notes here get so vague. So I've got, music has been good. Cobb's plan was terrible, but she's not dead. She's actually a dragon. And she then magic on him, she, ma- she magics him. Cobb is defeated. And then they make out in a field. But Who she's a dragon, dragon and Aaron. Oh, yeah, there's like a weird like... The space bit. to oh that's from the, the this cover is, this is the cover right that's yeah. like donkey it, and, and dragon from shrek literally yeah. exactly like that um, uh, it gives you a, that cover thinking about it does just give you such a false impression yeah. about what this is oh my that God. artwork is so good i would love that story yeah. that dragon po- and person yeah it's a great poster love story it's a great poster yeah, yeah. like but you're right it's it's and th- that's the thing like we're at the end of the movie right and like we have this giant reveal that this girl who's been using the whole film is actually a dragon but then we kind of like just blitz through it and they go and live on the farm for a bit, but then they leave the farm. Then oh, that's like the weird montage scene at the end. Apprentice. We still don't know why he killed his dad at the beginning of the movie. Like, that's it. Like, it just, it falls, I think, it, I didn't think, going into this, I was like, oh, it was bad, but it wasn't terrible, but it, mm. it's it such bad. a flop, like, by the end. Because that's it, guys. Like, that's me doing the whole plot. And I, <laughs> I'm rambling because it's so confusing. I actually got through it quickly. I feel like every single film we go, oh, and then the last 20 minutes, and then this happens, and this happens, and this happens. This has just been, it's been it the whole film. Yeah. Like we can we can forgive uh, Studio Ghibli for going slow and taking their time on these set pieces yeah. for an hour and a half to then ramp up everything and yeah. give you that um, resolution. Yeah. I have no time for twenty stories, no. five seconds each, yeah. and then oh it's all been resolved and you're just at the end like what's been resolved? Yeah. Who? Yeah. Well, Who's like, this dragon? <laughs> yeah, how, I don't. There's so it leaves you so confused. Like, stick to his name though, because it is a lot of tales. Yeah, it's just a, it's it's weird from top to bottom. Like, and I think not to harp on a music pattern a lot, but like back to back with Howl's, I think is really interesting because like it they're ostensibly like I said, there are some big similarities, but they just their way they're told is so different. And like you say, Howl's has these like sent like big set pieces that anchor the movie in a way it's almost a lot like um. Kiki's delivery service does as well, yeah. where it has big moments that stick out of like her journey to the city for the first time, or her like in the woods with um, that woman. Like there are moments in Kiki's that stand out. There are moments in Howl's that are like big mm. anchors that the rest of the movie is, is like wrapped around. Where it's like, what is what is that scene in this film? What yeah. is the scene in this movie that is like worth it? I think it's it's the farming like montages yeah. of them like tilling the land, yeah. tilling the land. Yeah, is that what mm. we're I mean, I've yeah, 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 okay. never yeah. seen a piece of ground. <laughs> <laughs> you live in London. <laughs> but you, no, you're, you're totally right. Uh, it, yeah, it tries hard to be that. It, I think it does try and fit those things that we like about Shooting yeah. Ghibli, but it just misses the mark so yeah. much. It's kind of like, do you think maybe it's Miyazaki Jr. trying to like come into his own, yeah. but trying to live up to the, all this like hype and just just getting it wrong yeah yeah i do i think it i think it feels like a movie made by someone who at the time was inexperienced like it feels yeah. like he should have cut things and focused on other things and like it's not done and i think it's actually really interesting that you, the farm stuff is quite cool and like that is the center of the movie is them like them living on this farm and there's a bit when um 
Planar says to, to Sparrowhawk, like, you know, you're the Archmage, like, why are you mm. helping me do farm work? Which is, a, like, there's something in that, mm. and there's something interesting in that dynamic and why he sees value in it. And But we just never get enough time in, in any of these places. And I do think it suffers from a lack of diversity in environment in a way that the rest of the movies, what for me, like, what I would go on about, like, the landscapes, the environments, because there's so much richness in, in that, that's portrayed through those scenes in like other movies but in this mm. the, like the desert which is cool that city which is quite cool and then the farm that's it like, yeah. there's a, there are three yeah. locations that this movie is set in I'm really interested in what those other what, the, what all the books like all the yeah. places where do they go in yeah. these books yeah. like yeah. is there anywhere that could have conveyed this story this world better yeah. than those three things or is that just where all the stories are set and yeah. that's what they've got and that's what they've got to yeah. Yeah. do cool things with yeah. and they've just not mm-hmm yeah, really weird. Does anyone have any other closing thoughts about... Is there anything that like, yeah. stood out to me for, like, likes? The cows were really big. Uh, the big bull horses. Yeah, yeah like into them. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, the animals, <laughs> cool. That llama horse. Llama cool. horse, Good. yeah. The bull Good horse. The, when, when we did get the dragons, really liked them. Yeah. All the animation Good there dragons. was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. A couple of quotes that I yeah. picked up. Um, so I think it must have been Aaron asking, have you and Sparrowhawk known each other for a long time? And I believe then, Taynar says, yes, and it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, she does. I may have been misquoting that, but it's very something yeah, along those lines where she just repeats I, that I wonder question. whether we, how much we suffered in this movie for the tra- translation. Probably a lot. Yeah, maybe. Given that it's so deep in terms of lore and, and textual stuff, like, did we just miss out on any of that? Because... Mm-hmm. They cut so much for us and audiences. Um, is there anything interesting in terms of like actors or dubs and stuff? Because normally you've got some sort of juicy tidbits, Mark. But well, I thought it was interesting that Timothy Dalton was in it. He hit like his voice was. I think he did a really good job. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah definitely fancy Sparrowhawk. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely. William Defoe did a really good job. As Cobb. Yeah. As Cobb, but very quiet. Yeah. Like too and quiet. Pretty kind of up here. Yeah, yeah. When was this film? Six. When was Spider Man? 2004? So probably trying to not do Green Goblin. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Um, yeah, so I, th- I thought they, those two were good, but the rest of them, it just sounded like bad video game yeah. Um, acting. Yeah. 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 It, it was just, yeah, I just don't think the dub was strong at all. And I think, like, I think a lot of these movies don't have great dubs. Yeah. But this, and like, this, I felt it, this one, for sure. Like, but, but whereas Spirited Away, I think, has a really good dub. How's I like the dub mostly? Like, very, I think off the back of those two, it's mm. a movie that has, like, what feels like an old school style dub. I think it helps, like, the ones that we've complained about the dub, like, only yesterday, like, we have loved the stories. Like, yeah. the story has redeemed itself. Yeah. You don't, don't mm. remember the bad dub. Yeah, Here, we don't have anything to redeem yeah, it. Yeah, completely. Because you can also tell, like, with the timing as well, Timothy Dalton it wasn't in the peak of his career yeah. in 2006, and Willem Dafoe had kind of ebbs and flows a lot anyway but yeah. then apart from those two there's not really any notable names yeah. so it's not like where they're gonna like throw christian bale and um help me with some of the other names daisy ridley yeah da- yeah like, lots of different like big yeah, star yeah, names yeah. it was just kind of like oh we've got this movie yeah let's yeah try and fill it in a little bit yeah that's a shame it's a shame it, it, it feels weird to come down so blue. like i feel like even with um ocean waves we were a bit like this is a shit film but like it didn't feel so like pointless. This feels like a, dra- a drag. It's such a drag. So like we were duped in the same way. Ocean waves, not much oh, of yeah, the ocean. Oh yeah, very true. Tells of mercy. Look at all these dragons. Oh wait, no. no. 
Yeah. Because um, with um, Ocean Waves, it may have been bad in our eyes, but for other people like who are wanting an anime about teen drama, probably would have loved it. But I love anime about teen drama and it was bad. No, but it's in like, you can imagine some people being like, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. But I can't imagine like people like like basic fantasy would like this. Stands. Uh, C yeah. stands, yeah. I can't imagine them being like. I can't imagine there being like a yeah a group of people being like yeah I love it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, with that in mind, should we do some rankings? I have a feeling we know where it's going to fall, but <laughs> yeah. worth going through. Okay. Do I mean? So we have two our two sub rankings. Were there any grands in this movie? Oh, there's, there's two old women. But I don't. I don't want to put them on the list. No, I don't want them on the list. So that, so no grand national. Ent- this is is this the first first no, one with no, no grand national entry? Okay, well, no. definitely not this one. one. <laughs> Add that to the non-grand list. Uh, Eddie, have you got any, any entries for Fuji Give Me? Yeah, we've got a bit. It's not great. What is it? Talk me through it, and then we'll... We'll talk about it. Uh, what we've got is... So this is the part, Fuji Give Me, the part podcast where Ed ranks the food in <laughs> every single Fuji Give Me movie in chronological order. Thank you very much. Um, so I've got the notes. Bit of bread there in the desert. I <laughs> thought it was a sweet potato uh, at the yeah. start. Either and I way. Thought he does do the thing that Hal does, though. Yeah. Cuts it with one hand, which yeah. is still cool. It's quite cool. Very round bread, though. Yeah. Like a circle a sandwich. Yeah. <gasps> oh. Bit of cold. Oh, spoilers. Um, then later on, they, they bit of like raw red onion and cheese on a bit of bread. Not great. Um, I wrote down dinner and then was not shown any dinner. <laughs> <laughs> when I thought about having for dinner, I was like, here we go, we're going to see some dinner, we're going to see some broth. Nothing. No, there was a bit broth. of broth later. There was that gross, yeah, that gross looking yeah, soup. Bad looking soup really with some like, more bread. It was like brown. Um, soup. And then there was a bit where the guards were eating some meat, but they weren't really eating yeah. like leftover meat yeah, and bones. Yeah, and this movie. Weak. Week, week all around. Week, all week around. on grands, week on food. It's a week, week. Do you want to? Do you feel like it deserves a space space on the list? I mean, I think oh, that's a good yeah, the there video food. gets there's yeah, food. If there's food in it, it gets on the list. Um, I'll put it where it is and then go through the list. Yeah. Okay. So this one is going in third to last. Okay. Above Porco Rosso. Yeah. There's nothing in. There's no food in okay, Porco Rosso. Okay. Just because they're pigs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that. Puts us with yeah. Give me the list from from top, from bottom from. to top. This is from Earthly. Yeah. Bottom to top. Yeah. We have got uh, Ocean Waves. Fuck Ocean Waves. Waves. Porco Rosso. Nothing. Yeah. Grave. Oh no. T- Tales from Earthly. Just bread. I'm gonna put. Bread. Just bread. Just bread. Just bread, baby. Um, <laughs> Grave of the Fireflies. Awkward face. Um, Totoro. Some nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. So, okay, Grave of Fireflies, Awkward Face is not much food yeah. as part of the story, but at least that's part of it. Yeah. And I can still remember that little yeah, the can with the Marvel. sweets. Oh, yeah. heartbreaking. Um, and the Totoro nuts, there's something magical. Yeah, there, there is, there is. They do grow into massive trees. Yeah. And Those there is something about trees. that scene that reminds, it remind, always reminds me of like being a kid and getting like dirt and being like, I made soup. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, you know yeah, when you're yeah. kidding, you something like, it's just about imaginary food, isn't it? Or well, mixing loads of squashes and being like, I've made a cocktail, <laughs> and then getting uh, a bellyache for three days. I thought you were talking about like butternut squash. I was like, oh, he's making a stew. I got a squash. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got only yesterday they like struggled to eat that pineapple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mononoke, Donkey Piss, and Chewed Up Bark. Yep. Whisper of the Heart Ramen, Cat Returns, The Egg Returns, and Nice Mice. Pompoco, <laughs> 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 loads. Loads of good Great stuff. Tempura, oh, give me yeah. that mouse yeah. tempura. Yamada's 
Who would eat a banana? Oh my god, <laughs> Kiki's delivery service. It's like a, it's like a banana and oh, catfish. <laughs> I might have repeated one of these. You huh? said pie. Oh yeah, pie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the, the, the fans. They get the reference. They get the reference. Um, Al's egg and bakey slice me up, Hal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. That's the first um, one we've heard that. Big pork. Classic. And, and then top is Spirited Away. The reason this list exists. exists. Yes. So I think yeah. Yeah, like, I think that's fair. I think it yeah. had food in it. Yeah. And that's about as much as you can yeah. say. That's the reason it beats the other two because they don't have any food in it. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's all it had to do. With that in mind, shall we jump on to the final rankings? Mm-hmm. Um, so currently, our current positions are in 14th place, Ocean Waves, Ocean 13th Waves. place, Boca Rosso, 12th place, Lapis Gas in the Sky, 11th place, Only Yesterday, 10th place, The Cat Returns, 9th place, Grave of the Fireflies, 8th place, Fish for the Heart, 7th place, My Neighbour's The Yamadas, 6th place, My Neighbour Tozero, 5th place, King's Delivery Service, 4th place, House Weaving Castle, 3rd place, Pompoko, 2nd place, Princess Monoki, and first place, still the reigning champion, Spirited Away. Ooh, there's a lot of these movies, guys. We've watched mm. a lot of these films. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's safe to say that this movie is not going in the top ten. <laughs> um, do people have... Is that, like, the people... What, what is it? Dead Bottom? Do you think it's better than Ocean Waves? It's the bottom. It's the bottom for you. Um, I, if you if you vote ahead of Porco Rosso, I'm, leave, I'm quitting this podcast. Oh, I was about to say, it cannot be higher than Porco Rosso. No. And I'm like, I was very surprised at that list that Pocahontas was so low. But then looking at every other film, I can't think of a film that would. Yeah, you guys like didn't like Pocahontas. No, I I, I wanted it. I wanted it to be higher than Laputa. Mm. Let's go to the tapes, Stephen. Um, <laughs> but I think I, it's going to the bottom because Ocean Ways. Uh, even if I didn't like a lot of the film, it was short. <laughs> it was short. And I like. It was like somewhat interesting. I feel like we had thoughts about it. Yeah, I feel yeah, like we, we did. Sort of were like, there was a film and there were yeah. dragons, I yeah. guess. I feel like at least Ocean Waves is different enough. Like, at least it's coming, but here we are going at least Ocean Waves. But at least yeah. Ocean Waves was like a teen drama. We haven't had another one of those, really. So yeah. that sets it apart. This, this was like, dragons, and we're like. Mm. This was Bad House. Yeah. yeah. House Bad Moving Castle. Um, so I'm happy, to, I'm happy to put it at the bottom. Yeah. Is everyone happy to see it right at the bottom of the list? Get it at the bottom. I'm Ta- not going to go through it all again, but. Tales new... from uh, Sia. Yeah. There you go. So a new fifth, a new fifteenth place addition to the list is Tales from Earthsea. Um, it, this list, I mean, we said it last time. It's just like a, it's a long list, and b, those top, I mean, the top ten is, stro- is strong. <laughs> that top five is like yeah. outrageously. Is strong. anything gonna get up there anymore? Well, so, it's so, so it's interesting. So we're about to jump into um, the last kind of like third of the of Ghibli movies, right? Last quarter. Um, and which some of which we've seen, some of which like I haven't seen basically any of these movies apart from The Wind Rises. So this is I think maybe what gets a bit more interesting in terms of like it's going to be a, a new viewing experience. I think for most of us at the table, and Mark, like it's all been a new viewing experience for you. I don't know what films are, um, but <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing like whether anything, if there is a big shuffle, a big like some of these movies are fantasy, some of them are slight more slice of life. So I don't know, it's exciting. Could be sneaky. Um, Could have a really sneakily amazing. Yeah. See? Yeah, we. Well, I mean, Pompoko, we weren't expecting to be. Yeah, complete. complete. Where is that? That's, third. Third. That's and it's so good. Mm. Um, okay, so with that in mind, next week's movie is Ponyo. I can't remember what the full title is. Ponyo on the it's cliff. Ponyo. Ponyo, Ponyo. Little Ponyo. tiny fish girl. Uh, yeah, I don't little, know. little Ponyo. Ponyo little on the Ponyo. cliff. Let's call it. 
Let's just call it that. Or Ponyo. It's not a fan, but... Um, <laughs> so yeah. It's just called Ponyo. Yeah, I think it's just called Ponyo. Oh, it's released no. in Asia. It's Ponyo on the Cliff by the Sea. There you go. Yeah. Ponyo in the Cliff. What? No. Ponyo, Ponyo on, on the, the Cliff, cliff by, by the, the Sea. sea. And it's um, Miyazaki... So back to back back in his return to form. Yeah, I mean, we talk, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see you then. Very very exciting. For this again. One that we haven't on seen on the cliff. Um, with that said, uh, Abby, I think we've got to go. Is that right? We've got a cat bus to catch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.